All right. In our trek through the Psalms, we're at Psalm 18. Now we will, there's 50 verses in this, so we probably won't go uh, any past Psalm 18, and Lord willing, we'll make it through Psalm 18, but uh, we'll see what happens here. So uh, let's uh, let's jump into it. So the uh, the title, uh, in the title, the, the information given for this is to the chief musician, a Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, and then it gets into um, the, the psalm itself. So uh, understanding that when this was written, uh, Saul was uh, Saul had already died and uh, the Lord had given David uh, victory over his many enemies and um, what you'll find is a direct connection between Psalm 18 and 2 Kings 22. There are so many uh, it's almost like it was, it was cut and paste. you know there there are a few extra things here and there but overall the this the song that David lifted to the Lord when he realized that God had given them uh, a peace all around him and uh, uh, the Philistines were defeated. Uh, Saul had already been, uh, um, uh, Saul had already passed away, and you know all those that were seeking his life were gone. And now it was a time of of rest for David. Um, you know there were no more no more uh, enemies coming at them, and they were in a time of peace. And uh, we'll see that a few times in the scripture, but not a whole lot. You know Israel because of their their um, unfaithfulness to the Lord. God would often, you know, cause them to be at, at war. And, you know, being at war for a nation is hard. Um, it's hard on the soldiers. Uh, it's hard on the leaders. It's hard on the families. It's it's really hard on everybody. Uh, anybody who has a connection to it. Uh, for those that don't really have any connection, they can sometimes just go about their day as normal. But if you think back to you know, World War II and World War One, where, you know, they're selling bonds to pay for things that they needed. And, you know, that war's expensive. You know, it's expensive. It, you know, you're losing people. You lose, um, you know, farmhands. You, you, you lose those that are in industry and, and those things. So there's a lot there that can be lost. So when a nation can be at rest and be at peace, you know, there's there's a time of 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 just rejuvenation for them and and David realized that everybody who sought his life you know Saul to Absalom to the Philistines to whoever else there were always those battles um, and uh, David before uh, becoming king was uh, you know a mighty warrior uh, for Israel and so he knew he knew war and uh, he understood now war back then wasn't fought at hey we're gonna drop a missile from you know you know up in the sky i mean this was we're running forward with uh, knives and spears and swords and you know hand to hand combat these these guys were mighty warriors you know when you can look in and 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 study some of these guys that fought some of them fought so hard and for so long that couldn't even he couldn't even take his hand off his blade it was stuck there. You know, you talk about me playing my guitar. Sometimes I struggle with my hand freezing up on me. This guy couldn't even open his hand up. You know, they just like, I'm going to bed with this thing in my hand or something. You know, they had to, you know, pry his hand open so they could get the weapon out. You know, so that when to be at rest, to have all those that were seeking his life 
to be done and no more how we got to go into this big war strategy and you know we're going to make we're going to lose a lot of people and you know all those things uh going into those things uh very stressful for everybody and uh david is now uh being uh, given a time of rest so when this song is is saying he's singing of the victory he's been given that the lord has given them so this is as we read this it's all about the strength of the Lord and who the Lord is and how the Lord uh, moved on his behalf and, and how things uh, were, were taken care of because he trusted in the Lord and that the Lord gave him uh, the deliverance that he needed. So uh, when we dive into this, just uh, kind of to set the scene, you know, Saul died at the end of uh, 1 Samuel and you'll see First uh, Samuel 31 and uh, 2 Samuel chapter 1, you'll see the, the death of Saul and, and the moving on from that. And, um, but this psalm itself, if you were to turn to, and we won't right now, um, but uh, and we won't tonight, but 2 Kings 22, you're going to see it very, very familiar. So they've got peace on all sides, and now they can finally rest. And uh, that was rare. What we see is David is flooded with, um, with praise in his heart, and he's pouring it all out in this song. And you'll see that he's, he's got different um, uh, different. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word here that, you know, whenever he's calling the Lord, his tower, his, his strength, his refuge, you know, all these things, as we read through it, just understand these things are just pouring out of him. I, I, I have to believe that, that when he wrote this and it, when he sang it back in second Kings 22, it was just coming out. And as it came out, but understand, we know that it was inspired by the Holy spirit so that we can like now, even, even in this day can read this and, and understand who the Lord is and what he did for them. So, so David uh, knew that it was God had, that had given him the victory, you know, over those that were after his, his life and after his kingdom. And uh, when it's all done and there's, there's peace on all sides, this is the result of it. You know, we know that David wasn't a perfect man. You know, David, David had his flaws and, uh, it, namely, you know, what, what he did to Uriah and, um, you know, having Uriah murdered and, and, and stealing his wife and uh, those things. But after the Lord dealt with that and restored David, uh, you see a man uh, that, as we discussed even last week, a man after God's own heart, that the Lord, that's what the Lord called him. It wasn't that that's what everybody else called him. God said that, a man after my own heart. Uh, let that be said of us. Oh, I wish, I hope, you know, that the Lord would look on me and go, this, this man is after my own heart. You know, this woman is after my own heart. This child of mine is after my own heart. Because that is that is the goal of a relationship with the Lord, is to be after his heart. Second Samuel 7, David, uh, just to kind of give us a little bit of a understanding of how, how heavy and hard this was uh, for them to be in this type of situation. Second Samuel 7 is David's now sitting in peace in his, in his palace. And, uh, you know, he felt it was wrong that he would dwell in a house of cedar. And that the Lord's, uh, the, the ark of God was it was in a tent, and and he's saying, you know what, I, I want to build my own, uh, build build a temple for the Lord, and he's he's moved uh, for what the Lord had done, and uh, he goes to Nathan the prophet, uh, and we see that Nathan quickly gives him an answer, you know, as the heart, basically, you know, do what's in your heart, and uh, and he didn't seek the Lord, and and he just said uh, outright, basically, go ahead. Go ahead and do that. But he hadn't, you know, as a prophet, he was he was to seek the Lord on behalf of the king. 
and uh, he just gave him what the answer he thought was right. You know, and things were at peace and everything. Yeah, go ahead. But the Lord visited the king uh, at night, and uh, you know, after uh, Nathan had said to him, you know, go do all that's in your heart. The Lord is with you. He realized he jumped the gun when the Lord spoke to him that night, and the Lord told him. The Lord is going to bless David, but his hands were too bloody. They had uh, too much blood from war on his hands so that uh, the Lord did not want him to do that. But David's seed would do it. One of his sons would do it. So 2 Samuel, if you want to uh, turn there, I'm just going to read four verses, so you don't have to. But 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 16. So if you if you choose to... Uh, turn there, uh, then you can, um, but if not, uh, I'll just read it to you. Second Samuel 7, verse 12 says, When your days are fulfilled, this is the Lord speaking to Nathan that he would relay this to the king. That when your days are fulfilled and, your rest with, and you rest with your fathers, I will set up, for, set up your seed after you, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. That's the, the, what the Lord had to say to David. I don't want you to build a kingdom because your hands are too bloody. You're t it's time for you to now rest. You have war, you have peace on all sides. Your time is now to rest and just reign as, as king. But when David's days came to an end, the Lord moved through Solomon in the way we just read in 2 Samuel 7, that he, he uh, spoke very well of Samuel and that Samuel, uh, sorry, Samuel, I keep saying Samuel, um, Solomon. So I'm sorry. I think I've said Samuel probably 15 times or whatever. I mean Solomon, and I just realized I'm saying Samuel. Solomon, that that the Lord was going to use his son Solomon to uh, to build the the temple. So if I said Samuel 500 times, I'm sorry, but I just real I just kind of registered in my head that I, I've been saying Samuel. So um, just. Uh, David understood that all of the victory he had in his life came from the Lord. And as we get into reading, I promise we're going to read it here in a minute. We haven't even read verse 1 yet. But uh, but David was very, uh, he, he understood very well that his, uh, his uh, victories came from the Lord. Now, he made some mistakes and, um, and things and numbering people and things, but David knew very fast that uh, he had to put his faith and trust in the Lord to win his victories. For us to have our, our minds and hearts focus on the Lord, a good verse for us to memorize is Zechariah 4.6. Zechariah 4.6 says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You know how many times, and we've we've discussed this even even recently. I think on a, a couple of occasions, just to think of, you know, uh, Gideon going into battle. You know, to to go from thirty two thousand to three hundred, uh, the Lord is just showing him it is not in your military might. You have too many people. 
So it wasn't about the skill of the men. It wasn't, yes, they had mighty men of valor. And the Lord gives us gifts for us to use them for him. And God made sure that, they, that uh, Gideon and that day and that David had those faithful warriors to fight the battles for and with him. Um, but they understood, David understood that his victories came from the Lord, not because he was so mighty and so strong. And, you know, we see in the scripture, there's that those who trust in chariots, those who trust in horses, those who, you know, you place your trust in that's an empty trust because how many times have mighty, mighty, uh, nations been uh, been defeated by the think of we talked about this morning Egypt you know that whole army following Israel chasing them right down and uh, Israel walking through on, on on dry land and water standing on both sides of them in the Red Sea and then they walk across and they're swallowed up and killed wiped right out you know that's that's the power of the Lord it wasn't that you know God gave them all ninja skills and uh, you know they defeated everybody with forks and spoons when the mighty uh, you know uh, Egypt came after them. No, Lord showed them your victories come through me and through through the Lord working. So now we can get into verse one. So David is now uh, praising the Lord when he has peace on all sides of him. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Now, when David is calling the Lord, my God, my strength, for us, um, uh, New Testament uh, believers, we, of course we believe in the Old Testament, but a New Testament reference that would, is going to bless us as we study that is Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know, to, to I don't know about you guys, but we live in a nation. I grew up, I played football, and I did wrestling, and I did baseball. Football and wrestling are more of the violent uh, you know, sports and stuff, and and uh, you, you're supposed to be strong. You know, you, you want to play football, you better be lifting weights. You better be working out. You better be ready because that other guy is going to be bigger, faster, stronger if you don't. It's all about being stronger and everything. Uh, so I always had that in my mind. It, of course, I wrestled 119 pounds my senior year. But let's move that aside, you know. Uh, so for me, it was tech, uh, technical skill is what was going to help me beat the other guy. Um, because I wasn't overpowering a whole lot of people at that point, you know, so hundred, I was about this height. So, you know, about, uh, you know, 60 pounds ago, <laughs> that's what I wrestled. So I, uh, um, you know, under understanding that, uh, that it's, it's, uh, you know, that, that the Lord is our strength, be strong in the power of his might. You know, we talked about curse is a man who makes uh, flesh his strength. You know, that's that's not where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be relying upon the Lord. So uh, just just understand, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It, be strong in the Lord. Let our, our relationship with the Lord be our strength. And then he, he's going to give us the might we need that, that from his spirit to to stand, to fight. You know, when we're in the face of temptation. We're in the face of battle. Uh, we're in the face of whatever it may be that we stand strong in the, in the power of the Lord and by his might. Because if we're standing on our own power, it's not going to work. 
we are we are always going to to fail and i there's this uh this thing out there and i'm gonna butcher it i always try to do quotes i don't know why i still try to do them and then i butcher them but it was this thing about uh being face to face with satan and you know the storm and everything and, and looking at the devil and saying i am the storm no we're not <laughs> no we are not you know not without the lord on our side we are we are nothing to be feared by ourselves we're easy prey honestly uh, by ourselves I mean, we're, we're the little gazelle, baby gazelle, or the baby whatever that you've seen on Animal Planet getting mauled. <laughs> it's hard to say it that way. But, you know, but, you know those things just, it, it is what it is. That's us by ourselves. But the, uh, the power of the Lord, standing in the power of the Lord and in his might. Verse 3, you know, I'll call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be praised. Uh, so, so shall I be saved. From my enemies, you know, David had learned that see through seeing the Lord work that uh, that it was uh, it was the Lord working in his life time and time again that he he learned this. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to pra be praised. So shall I be praised. Uh, so I said that twice saved from my enemies that he knew that the salvation that he needed for for his life came through the Lord, literal physical salvation. We often in, in and in our Christianity talk about salvation of our of our spirit. He's talking about literally being saved from the battlefield or from the deadly attack, that the Lord was his salvation. He was convinced that at one point that Saul was going to end his life. First Samuel twenty seven one. And David said in his heart, Now I shall perish someday by the hand of Saul. So there were times where David got to the point where he knew that Saul wasn't going to relent. There was there was no stopping. Uh, in Saul, and he just basically said, "Someday that guy's going to get me. Someday he's going to get me." And uh, but he knew in his heart that he had been anointed king, and that that the Lord uh, was going to restore him, uh, was going to you know place him as as king, and that he would reign as king. But those circumstances had him questioning what was happening. Verse four: The pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. So that sounds like a lot of despair there. The pangs of death surrounded me and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The floods of ungodliness. You notice how it says that? The floods. You know, floods represent lots of people. Many people, many, many ungodly people made him afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. You know, David saying, in all this despair, all this craziness happening around him, he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord heard his, it says right there, and I cried to, the, uh, to my God, cried out to my God, and he heard my voice, from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. That the Lord hears us. We talked about it this morning, and I know I've mentioned it several times, but it's a powerful thing to understand that the Lord knows the numbers of hairs on our head. If we're bald, I'm sorry, he still knows the follicles that were there, or whatever. Whatever it is, right? <laughs> sorry, guys, I didn't mean to look at you. But uh, <laughs> poor, poor Shane's looking at me like, no. But no, it's the, you know, I was, uh, I, I actually heard uh, um, 
I was listening to Aaron Dudley, actually, he was talking about this and how much this verse, that verse blesses him. And he's like, those now that number goes down every year, and the Lord knows, you know, and whether the, you know, it, the way he explained it was like, yeah, does God just give me an update? <laughs> you know, like, oh, hey, by the way, those numbers of whatever it is, God knows us so intimately, and that He's so in tune to our hearts and to our our voice. We talked about that before. The the cry of our children, the cry of a child, you know. One scream means this. One scream means they're just spinning on the floor, whining, crying because they're tired and needed a nap uh, or whatever it is. But we know that cry, like, I need help right now. And uh, and I've explained it. that I've, I've seen it in my, my action in my wife. And I'm like, what? It takes me a second to figure out what's going on. And Jen's already there and, and treating it. And I'm going, you know, she's got a superwoman cape or something. And, and she's there. And, and, and boom, she's there and, uh, understand that so much. So, you know, remember when the, when the Lord was trying to explain how much God loves us and, you know, who, who, you know, when, when our child asks us for something, who, who's going to give them a scorpion, you know, those types of things. And, and, and the Lord is, is sharing that. He goes, if you being evil can do these good things, just think about who God is and what he can do in our, our lives and how much he loves us. You know, that, that the, uh, the holy God uh, can so much more uh, take care of every need. Then the earth shook, verse 7, and trembled. So at, at David's cry and the Lord ministering, Lord hearing it, then the earth shook. <clears throat> I turned the page and I don't have it here. Um, the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry, God. Smoke went up from his nostrils, a devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds on the sky of the skies. From the brightness before him, his thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe. Lightnings in abundance, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were, uh, were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of your of the breath of your nostrils. That's a response that we'd want from the Lord. That God in all his might and the Lord of all creation would respond. And, and, and the way David does it, what a poet. You know, just, just to write that. Uh, you know, uh, 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 Thursday night... Um, you know, Shane, Corey, and, and, and another guy, the four of us just got together to play some music. And we just kind of, uh, I think I was just playing a couple chords. I just, did, I didn't do anything special or anything, but uh, someone's like, all right, yeah, Shane, Shane goes, let's start writing. You know, let's, let's, let's do a song right now, you know, and we didn't, you know, we, 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 we just, we started just playing some other songs, but, but just that ability, you know, that, that, that David was a gifted writer. And uh, that the Lord put songs in his heart and that he could describe the Lord's response to his cry 
I just explained what my wife does when my kids were hurt or whatever. Even so much more, the, the, the God of all creation, when he hears the cries of his children, that when he responds, the earth shakes, uh, things tremble, things break in, apart, lightning's going, thunder's going. And when when God moves, when when God is 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 moving in His power and His might, there's nothing that can stop Him. And David is saying, when I cried out to the Lord, He heard me, and by by the power of His might, He took care of all of these things. That He responded mightily to the cry of David. You know, the the Lord thundered in heaven. It says in thirteen, and the voice of the Most High uttered His voice: hailstones and coals of fire. That's a lot. That's that's quite a, something to to meditate on. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe. You know the, those things. It just everything that uh, David was crying out to the Lord for. Everything was being taken care of. God is is taking care of not only the enemy in front of him, but the fears and anxieties in his heart. Everything. The Lord was responding to David's call and his cry for help. And he met every need he had. And now this is David saying, when I cried out to the Lord, this was his response, this mighty response. You know, verse eight says, smoke went up from his nostrils, a devouring fire. You know, that smoke went up from his nostrils is actually, I was looking that up as a violent Middle Eastern method of expressing fierce wrath. You know, that's that was a common thing. Smoke from a nostril that. You know, and, you know, when God moves, you know, that's when they would explain that, that, a, a, like I said, a violent Middle Eastern method of expressing fierce wrath that nobody would want, you know, to, to be forced that that pointed in our direction. Um, you know, David, David could write and understand that uh, Philippians 419, that as we understand who God is and what he's done for us. And the fact that he he takes care of everything, and we cry out to him, he supplies all our needs. David was the need was for basic life to be preserved, for his heartbeat to not stop. You know that that basic need, and to understand Philippians four nineteen says, "And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus." And as we cry out to him. He is the one that supplies, you know, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, he cares. You know, we sing that song, you know, um, he's our provider. You know, the Lord, he cares for me. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, the Lord, he careth for me. You know, just, just understanding who he is. He's the provider. So David cried out, this is God's response. Verse 16, he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. Now, just looking at verse 16, he sent from above and he took me. He drew me out of many waters. Things that, you know, you ever have ever heard of now uh, back in my old uh, recruiting days, um, my old boss, lovers, Christian woman, and uh, she uh, <laughs> grew very close to her. She uh, she was a, she was a great boss and she loved our family. You know, Jen and I loved her to stop and, and talk with her and everything. And uh, so I, I haven't seen her for a little bit, but, uh, you know, I, I was blessed to work for her. And uh, she taught me a lot about about how to be a, a good leader and how to how to run uh, the office. But uh, 
she just explained sometimes, you know, he drew me out of many waters that sometimes in our world, it was like we're trying to keep one nostril out of the water. <laughs> the water. Now, if that doesn't explain, it doesn't explain that sometimes we get to that point of desperation, right? Where I just, I can't, I just got to keep my nose up out of the water. You know, just to think of, he's saying he drew me out of many waters. You know, when David is saying that, verse 17, he delivered me from my strong enemy, uh, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. Now, this is a, this is David, the one that, you know, Saul has killed his thousands, David, his ten thousands, right? They sang that song as they were coming back from battle. You know, this is David saying that the Lord delivered him uh, from his strong enemy, uh, from those who hated him, for they were too strong for me. David had a very well, a very good understanding that the deliverance that he had, the victory he had was because of the Lord. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. So these are confronting, but the Lord was supporting him. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. So if there's a... Uh, there's a doubt in your heart whether the Lord loves us enough to, to hear us. When we are his children, he knows that we are sinners. He knows that we fail. He knows that we'll doubt it. You know, he knows that we don't understand everything we need to. And, you know, he's building us and strengthening us. We're not going to surprise him. So when, we, when, when David writes something like this, he delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord does, though, as, as we're seeking his face, he delights in us, and uh, we we are going to have times of uh, that that we uh, we doubt him, or we we have fear or anxiety over over takes us maybe just in a day, or maybe it's in an hour, and for that hour we get uh, work ourselves right up. I've been there before, and I, I, I trust that many of us have. Of wow, this is taking me. This is swallowing me. This is swallowing me. This is too much for me. I can't take it. Whoa, wait a minute. Who am I? Am I a child of the Lord? Have I gone to him in prayer? Have I brought this to him? And have I sat and prayed, shut the door? You know, you know what? If you're at work, go shut the, the, the bathroom stall door and, and just go and have a moment alone or go for a walk, whatever it is, and just say, Lord, you know my heart right now. I know that you, you hear me, you love me. Please help me. I need you. That the Lord has a delight in his children going to him. Just understand that he's the one that delivers us because he delights in us. David had that special relationship with the Lord because he was after God's heart. And we can too. Verse 20, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. We know David didn't always have the cleanness of hands, that he did things wrong. But he knew that when the Lord forgave him, he forgave him. And that's it. Um, you know, I've had several conversations even recently about, you know, when one has sinned against us, or if we're the one that has sinned against somebody else, there should be the confession, the apology. And for the Christian, there should be the forgiveness and the grace extended. It shouldn't be, well, you know what, I'm going to think about whether I want to forgive you or not whether I want to extend grace and I want to I want to talk to you anymore or anything. I mean, there might be something massive that took place that might take 10 years uh, to restore a relationship, but 
the grace is something that we're called that we're supposed to be uh, receiving grace and and uh, giving grace, right? And and spreading that grace in our lives. You know, so when when David is talking about uh, the cleanness of his hands and his righteousness, uh, David wasn't always uh, didn't always have clean hands. Uh, he was his the the blood of Uriah was on his hands, and uh, so David David. Uh, Excuse me. Did uh, did sin, but there was uh, restoration from the Lord, and once that restoration happened, he can move forward. He doesn't have to wallow in that that failure any any longer. Verse twenty one: For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. Though, just looking at those verses, keeping the ways of knowing the ways of the Lord and keeping the ways of the Lord, that our our eyes would be fixated on Him, you know. And, and when it says in verse twenty two, for all His judgments were before me, and I did not put away His statutes from me, that we would remove whatever it is in front of us that we know God has put in front of His Word, and that we're removing His Word so that we can go about whatever sin we want to go about. That we would say, you know what, I know the Bible says this. I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it anyways. When we give in to that temptation, just understand that David is saying, you know what, I didn't do that. I understood the end of that, and I'm not doing that. And he came to a place of maturity in his life. Verse 23, I was, I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. My iniquity. He knew that the sin was in his heart, but he didn't uh, follow it. He, he, he submitted himself uh, to the lordship of, of God. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. So when you, when you think of uh, the sins that were committed by Saul, you know, Saul was, um, was disobedient to the Lord's word. He was told uh, to go and uh, to wipe out all the Amalekites, and he didn't do that. And that was for a specific purpose. And when Samuel confronted him about it and, and told Saul, and he tries to, you remember, Saul tries to lie to Samuel, tries to manipulate Samuel, and, uh, and Samuel will have none of it. You know, what's this bleeding of sheep I hear? You say you've done all that? What's this? Oh, now you're going to start blaming on the people. No, you're the guy in charge. You're the one, you're the one held accountable here. And uh, when, when, uh, Saul told Sam, uh, Samuel told Saul that the kingdom was going to be taken from him and turned away. Remember, Saul reached out to grab him and tore his, his uh, I think it was his robe, tore it. And he says, just like you tore my robe, the kingdom's going to be torn from you. You know, that's because he was a man that was that was so set. Remember, the Lord rebuked, him, uh, rebuked Saul because at one point he was little in his own eyes. But when he got great in his own eyes and he became filled with pride, that's where the problems came. And that's where his downfall started. So when David is talking about his righteousness and his cleanness of his hands and uh, that he kept himself from, from iniquity, that he, he remained focused on the Lord. Verse 25. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. With the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. For you will save the humble people, but will bring down haughty looks. So those examples of mercy, uh, the blamelessness, 
the purity uh, that represents in 27, for you shall save the humble people. And then when you look at, at, 20, at the end of 26, it says, uh, uh, with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. You will, and, and that's addressed in 27 where it says, but you will bring down haughty looks. You know, those who are devious that always are out for a plan to, to, to rip people off. Um, I was talking this morning with Josh and we were talking about trying to buy a car. And uh, uh, he was just saying, you know what? I, I went in and I told them, hey, I can get this car for eight to $10,000 less if I drive down to Massachusetts and buy it. And they're basically calling him his bluff saying, we'll go buy it. You know, and, and he's like, hey, look, you've got 25. He's just explaining something about a car. And uh, he's like, you know, you've got, you know, twenty two, twenty five hundred dollars in in, uh, in upgrades and, and fixes that need to happen in this vehicle. Just take those out. Take that off the price and I'll take the car at that price or whatever. Um, and he goes and he presents a, a, a good offer to them. And uh, they took off four hundred dollars off the car. I mean, and you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars, right? Becky's nodding her head like I understand the world, right? <laughs> Josh just said he just got up, shook his hand, and you know he, he was offended. He's like, oh, "We're we're leaving now," and they they walked out. And I explained to him a story um, back in 2015. We were looking for our, our van had had it, and that's what the, the discussion was. Is uh, something came up with cars, and and uh, the car had had gotten to a point where it wasn't. Uh, it, it, you guys know. I, I I'm pretty sure all of us have, have probably had the car that you just know it's the end of the road for it. You know, I've had a, I had, my first car was a $325 Chevy Chevette. And uh, then I had another Chevy Chevette. And then I had a Hyundai Excel uh, for like 200 bucks. I mean, all those, you know, I could have bought three cars for under a grand, you know. And, uh, and I'd drive them till they broke. And, and when they broke, they broke hard. Like this thing's never starting again. Uh, and Or the transmission goes and, you know, we, who's going to replace transmission in a $300 car that didn't have heat and the brakes didn't work. Uh, and I had a hole in the floorboard, so I'd hit slush and it would come up and it would splash me. Oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I had it. So just being in those things. So uh, when our van got to the point where it wasn't to be trusted anymore, Jen's driving down the road. And, uh, if you've ever lost an alternator in a vehicle, everything goes crazy. All the, the, the things and Jen's like, I don't know everything. All the, 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 um, meters went, they pegged all the way up and then they went down and then it just stopped and everything. So, okay, we'll get that fixed. Oh, and then this transmit. I'm like, okay. You know, and then this is going and that's going. So we get to the point where like the automatic doors aren't working anymore. Okay. They're, we're at the point now where this thing is 15 years old and 200 and something thousand miles. It's time for something else. Really long story that I'll try to shorten up here. 2015, we go to a dealership, and I'm not saying all car dealerships are wrong or bad or whatever, but this experience was devious. When you see devious, I went in and I said, we don't want a used vehicle. We want we want a new vehicle. Hey, I don't have a used one that you're looking for. Why don't you take this? this uh, 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 sorry, I don't have a new one. Why don't you take this used one? Go out and take it for a ride. So we did. We drove around for 20 minutes, half hour in Bangor area or no. Just checking it out, put it on the interstate and everything. Oh, that's a, okay, so I think we want a Honda Pilot. So we go back like, hey, great, thanks for letting us see. He's like, hey, if you're interested in finding out you know, what you could buy it for, um, I, I can get you a price. And I'm like, well, we're already here. It was a, a date night for us. And, um, so, uh, you know, yeah, why don't you, why don't you give us a quote? And um, I knew what they sold for. And uh, comes back with a quote, 6000 more than a new one. I could not believe it. 
there's a tie on a, on a professional level that I knew this guy. And, uh, and I didn't know him very personally. We had just said hello, and, and we knew who each other was when I came in. Oh, hey, you're you. Yeah, yeah. So we had that. It wasn't like I'm coming in like, hey, I got a buddy. We're going to get you know half off or something. But it was the devious part there. It, it, was, it was, I'm going to way overcharge you for this used vehicle with like 20,000 miles on it. We ended up finding one for $7,000 less than that, brand new up in Prescott. Isle. We just wanted to try it out. And we figured, well, you know what? Before we do anything, we'll, we'll just go check it out. He, so I, I, yeah, I didn't even – I just looked at the number and I, I, I've got to be missing something. So we just took it. It was a quick – it wasn't an answer then. He called me the next day and I told him. I'm like, look, man. <laughs> you know, and we, it was a very courteous conversation. But it was, I know you're trying to pull the wool over my eyes. And unfortunately, you've lost my business. You know, even if I was going to buy a new one there, it's not going to be from you. You know, that type of thing. So it just kind of came out that way. But the devious, you know, for for that the, there's, you know, where it says to the devious, uh, you know, you'll show yourself shrewd. Oh, you want to try to outwit the Lord? You know, yeah, nice try. Verse uh, 28. For you will light my lamp. The Lord, my God, will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. Now, understand, this is a man that knew what it was to go up against another army. And what he's saying is, the Lord my God will enlighten my dark, where he's talking about they're, they're in a dark place, you know, think of a dark place, and, and this is in the in the same context here. The Lord will light my lamp. The Lord, uh, my God, will enlighten my darkness. For by you, you know, so that that says that that comes in here. I can run against a troop. You know, you've probably heard this before, um, and uh, the 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 saying, "Me and my God make a majority." Just understanding. You know, we've we've talked about Elijah against against the four hundred fifty prophets of Baal. There's one man, one man, and all these prophets doing their thing, cutting up all their 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 idol their uh, sacrifices for their idol. Nothing happens. We've talked about this before, I know. And Elijah starts mocking him. Oh, is your God in the bathroom? What's going on here? You know, getting a little late. You know, he's literally making. He's mocking them. He gets to the point where he's mocking him. He must be. He's taking a nap. Why don't we go wake him up? Hey, let's start making some noise. And they're screaming. They're yelling. They're doing everything they can to try to wake him up. They're whoever they're God, you know, the prophets of Baal. Uh, so they're they're trying to do that. And what does it take? One man standing in the name of the Lord, and the fire comes down, and, and everything. He's like, white, uh, just uh, uh, cover everything in water, make it drenched, and then the Lord he calls fire down, and it consumes all those prophets and takes them all right out. One man standing for the Lord. You know, for by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. Now this guy, that that's saying something. I can leap over a wall. Last night, um, uh, Lord of the Rings was on, and uh, it was showing where uh, right at the end of I think it was the first movie, A Fellowship of the Ring. Is that the first one? Um, and the the orgs, orcs or orgs, whatever they the the little demon look at things. Not even little, they're huge. But uh, they they've got the the big um, ladder and they're putting it up against the wall. 
and uh, so that they can get catapulted up and, and, and get over that what David is saying, even even that type of thing, I can get over that with the Lord. I can do anything. He understands that this is a man that witnessed the Lord giving him victory. This he's not just speaking metaphorically. He literally has experienced the God's deliver, uh, the Lord's deliverance on the battlefield. And he's saying there's nothing I can't do. Uh, in in his power and his strength on the battlefield. Just to understand, this is a very um, uh, this is a very well trained man and a very seasoned veteran at, at at battle that is saying all these things. As for the Lord, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. The Lord is perfect, and His word is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. There, there's that's where it's at right there. There's our strength. Understanding that God is perfect, that his word is proven, that we can trust it, and that he is our shield to those who trust in him. That verse 30, if you, you take one thing away from this verse, uh, from, from this chapter, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. If that's what we remember, you know, as the memory verse for the night, take it home and understand it. You know, that he is perfect, his word is proven, and that he is a shield for us. Verse 31, for who is God except the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and sets me on high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. So what he's explaining, there is no other God in verse 31. And who is a rock except a, the one that we can stand on except our God? And then he goes on to say, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. In, in 33, he says, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. We're, you guys are familiar with the speed of a deer when it's running, right? We're seeing it all over the place right now, right? You get on the road, it's starting to settle down a little bit. But what, from late September to, I don't know, for about two months, you know, there's deer, there are deer everywhere. I mean, we're riding in the road and you'll see five of them standing in the road and walking up your brakes and trying not to hit all of them or whatever. You know, you see, and you understand when they get going, they're fast. And all you see here, especially here in Maine, that white-tailed deer, you see that white tail that's gone. You know, and what he's saying is, is that God makes him fast. He, he gives him the speed. Now, and he sets me on high places. If you understand military tactic, you want the high ground. You, when you have, when you have the, the high ground, you, you know, pe for people, you're, you're at a great advantage over your enemy. And when that enemy has to climb up to you, uh, you can just pick them off as they're trying to climb up. You know, so when when you're in in, uh, in uh, he sets me on high places. Like I said, this is this is a very seasoned uh, war veteran, and he's saying he sets me on high places. He teaches my hands to make war, so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. What he's saying is God gives him the strength to use these uh, these uh, the tools of battle, uh, these weapons of battle that he might need. And, and uh, that he gives him so much strength that if, if he was to have a bow, a bow of bronze, that he could even bend that. Verse 35, you have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. 
that's another important, I mean, this is all very, very important, but some of the things that as I go through and I read and I'm highlighting says, uh, you have also given me the shield of your salvation that I know I can stand behind the Lord, that he is going to be the one to cover. It's the same for our soul, right? That we can, we can claim our salvation in Jesus and that, that, that he's the one that saves us from the penalty of our sin. In uh, understanding that as a shield, that shield of of our of his salvation, knowing that we have the Lord in front of us. Um, if playing backyard football, uh, you know, I was always I was always a little guy, and um, I I would always want the big guy in front of me blocking. Hey, you go up, you block that guy, and I can outrun that guy. You know, it's that you want that the strong one in front of us, and uh, that shield in front of us. Your right hand has held me up. You know, when they talk about the right hand of God, those of his power, they're speaking of his power. Your gentleness has made me great. Your, so when he talks about, in one verse, he talks about your right hand, your power, your power has held me up, but yet your gentleness has made me great. Your gentleness. I don't know about you guys, but just to know that the Lord has gentleness for us. You know, how many times have we just thought about, oh, such a loser. God's just going to lightning, lightning bolt. I'm gone. You know, I've done it. I, I, you know, here, here I am. I've, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back. This is it. This is it. You know, God's, God's going to, he's had it with me. Your gentleness has made me great. The gentleness of the Lord. Verse 36, you enlarge my path under me so that my feet did not slip. You know, that uh, I, I talked, I think it was last week or the week before, about the guy doing the, the, the high wire uh, walking and everything. There's absolutely no room for error. And what he's saying is, is you enlarged my path under me. You know, I could have been like this, just waiting to fall and die. But, Lord, you gave me a path to walk on that was wide, that I could, I could stand, that I'm not going to slip. Verse 37, I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. I have wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet, for you have armed me with the strength with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. So all that victory he says he had over his enemies were because of the Lord. In verse 39 when he says, for you armed me. Uh, with strength for the battle. For uh, you have subdued under me those who rose up against me. Verse 40. You have also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. They cried out, but there was none to save. Even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them as fine as the dust before the wind. I cast them out like dirt in the streets. You've given me the necks of my enemies. When you can put your foot on the neck of an enemy, that you've defeated them, right? And he's talking about even when they cry out to the Lord, that's because the Lord wasn't their God. If the Lord was their God and they were being obedient to him, they wouldn't be after the anointed king. You see where it's going? So if, if you don't understand the scripture right there, if we don't have the proper look on it, which I'm, I'm sure we do here, uh, I, I know all you, you guys, your students of the scripture, and um, you're here on a Sunday night. Uh, just, uh, uh, you know, what he's saying here is that even as they cry out to the Lord, because their hearts weren't set on the Lord before they went after David. And the Lord, the Lord was judging them. 
the Lord, they, they're, they're getting the, the reward for their error due. They're going out. Remember, David, the, the respect he had for the Lord's anointed in Saul because the, Saul was still. Remember, we talked about it last week. They, David even felt bad for cutting a corner of his robe. You know, that, you're supposed to have that type of reverence for them. But if you think of Absalom, you know, that, that total irreverence he had for his father, who, who was also king. He just no, you know what? He was he was envious of his father, and he wanted his he wanted his father's kingdom. That greed and envy took over, and look what happened: the end of his life, a tragic death, hanging by a tree by his hair, and get uh, uh, spears thrown through him, thrusted through him. That's it. That's a tragic way to die. I think I'll take the just following the Lord path. You know, he's going to broaden that so I don't slip. I'd rather have that than be impaled. <clears throat> Then I beat them, it says in 42, as fine as the dust before the wind. Maybe think of that dust. The song, probably everybody's mind just went to dust in the wind, the song, all right? But if you think about that, and it's gone, right? And, it, and that's it. It's gone. You're never going to be able to put those particles together again. They're, they're scattered. They're gone. I've cast them out in the street, like dirt in the streets. You have delivered me from the strivings of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. A people I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. The foreigners submit to me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. You know, David now is celebrating the, the victory that he has had in the Lord and that the Lord has fought those battles and that these people have come to, you know, there were times people would just come out like, no, that's it. We know, we know David's here. We're just going to surrender. That's it. You know, and David's saying it's because why is it? Why is it because David's so great? It's because the Lord is so great. He says, you have delivered me from the strivings of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. He's giving the Lord all the credit for all the victory he had in his life. It's important for us to do the same. That the you know whatever whatever victory he's given us, whatever position uh, at work or in life that he, we've given us, it's not because we've hopefully stepped on the neck of everybody else and, and and climbed to that spot. But we understand that the Lord has put us where He wants us, uh, and because of that's that's where He wants us in our lives. And not, I mean, He, we know we know that there are times that uh, that we can be the one that's backstabbed or whatever it is. But what David's saying is all these enemies that were going to stand against me, the Lord has, has, has given me victory over that. And he's put me where he wants me. And we can just trust wherever the Lord has put us, uh, he's going to use us. Verse 46, the Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. Now that's an older song. Um, that I've heard uh, sung, uh, yeah, right, and uh, and what a, what a great thing to sing scripture. You guys, you guys know there's a special place in my heart as somebody who leads worship uh, to sing the scripture, you know, and uh, uh, singing scripture is uh, is is powerful. It's 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 great to sing a song that maybe somebody just wrote and that that may praise the Lord and everything, but there's something about singing scripture that's different. And uh, that 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 we can actually put the words of Scripture to song and sing it because we're we're proclaiming 
the the truth and power of the scripture in song and we're doing it with joy in our hearts and lifting our voices there's just something different that happens there it is god who avenges me and subdues the people under me he delivers me from my enemies you also lift me up above those who rise against me you have delivered me from the violent man therefore i will give thanks to you o lord among the gentiles and sing praises to your name. David is saying, it's all done. I'm now sitting in peace. And and I can just boast in your deliverance. Uh, is what he's doing. He's literally boasting in the Lord's deliverance. Not, oh yeah, I've conquered. See what I have done. Look at the, you know, that doesn't work out well in the scriptures when people start claiming that they're awesome. You know, uh, you see people bursting out with worms and it gets bad when people start uh, accepting praise for how great they are you know the song is how great thou art not how great i art or i am or whatever however that needs to go in old english all right so and so you know therefore i will give thanks to you O lord among the gentiles and sing praises to your name verse 50 great deliverance he gives to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. Great deliverance he gives to his king. Now, this is a king saying that God is greater than him and that God gives him the deliverance. It shows mercy to his anointed, that David knows that he is the anointed king. And David knows that his descendants are going to be blessed you know, after him forevermore. Who else is in the lineage of, of David? Jesus Christ. You know, isn't that amazing? Like, it's so awesome to read this and understand that the Lord, the Lord just, he's, he's so awesome. And he's putting these things together. All these emotions and all this worship just, and, and this praise that David can't, just can't stand it anymore. And it, just a new song comes out. He's writing it as fast as he can. And he's just getting it down there. And he's just pouring out. He, it, I don't know that David knew that that we were going to. Maybe the Lord revealed it to him that you know we would. But just think about that. That the Lord just moved in, in him. You know the, the the scripture says that the, the the Holy Spirit moved and inspired men to write the scriptures. And then we can see we see this right here that that David as he's saying this uh, that's uh, that that it's prophecy to David and his descendants forevermore. Because that had been prophesied to him uh, and uh, through Nathan. And uh, it just there's so much for us to chew on. I know we, we made it through 50 verses. We even had 10 minutes left. So, uh, so we did pretty well tonight. So let's pray. God, we are so, so uh, grateful to you for your word and, uh, Lord, for your provision and the victory we have in you. That we can come to you for anything. Lord, uh, right now my heart... Uh, you're, you're speaking uh, that we need to pray for, uh, and they need to know they're being prayed for, for Drew and Diane Jackson, for Greg and Jen Johnson. Lord, there are so many others that are, are sick, are hurting. Lord, we pray for Will uh, and his family, for all of them that are dealing with pretty serious in, uh, illnesses right now. Minister to them. Move powerfully on, on, on their behalf, Lord. Please strengthen them, heal them up for this move coming up this week. God, give Diane and, and Drew the strength they need as they're, they're dealing with these uh, chemo treatments. 
And Lord, for uh, Greg and Jen as they're going through this Bell's palsy uh, battle. God, that you would show yourself strong. Lord, think of Matt Harvey going through uh, all the things he's going through with his kidney. Oh, God, that you would uh, continue to show yourself strong and help him to rely upon you. And God, that you would heal him and make him well. We lift these things and so many others that aren't coming to mind right now to you. We lift the praises to you for answering our prayers that we've lifted to you. We thank you, we love you, and praise you and ask you to continue to build and strengthen us, Lord. Be with us this week as we go forward into it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and peace to you all. Hope you have a blessed week this week.